podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi there, good evening and welcome to your Sunday session here at This Is Ibrox for Sunday, the 21st of January. My name is Scott Patterson. If you're joining us across our YouTube and Facebook um, channels and our social media accounts, we appreciate you doing that. Lots to discuss tonight. You'll see from the headline tonight, Rangers are close to signing Mohamed Diamandi. We will do a little bit about that. I've got two experts ish in the room tonight to to give us their their very best opinion on on Diamandi, which we'll get to and um, we'll do a little bit about Abdallah Sima coming back from the AFCON um via Senegal of course um injured disappointingly and we will of course begin things by focusing on the Scottish Cup fourth round win yesterday um before in fact no we'll just go straight into intros it's John Walker and Reese tonight Reese how are you doing yeah very well mate glad to See Rangers back playing competitive football, and I think that winter break just about killed me. So glad to see the end there. <laughs> and John Walker joins us again. Hi, John. How are you? Hi, good mate. Good. Um, so listen, before we get into it, uh, a little bit on our social media. As I say, if you're watching us on YouTube and Facebook tonight, then we thank you for doing that. And um, don't forget to like and subscribe. Strike the notification bell so you get a notification anytime that we release any chat or content, publish anything. You'll get a notification to see we are there. You'll be able to jump in and check it out. We're also available across all the other social media places, Instagram, TikTok, threads. Um, if you are looking to to listen to us, if you're out sprinting, treadmilling it like John's doing, he says, um, you'll be able to fire up your Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be able to listen to us. We do, of course, have our goal of the month and player of the month that has just landed last week. So I'd urge you to jump on um, and have a wee listen to that if we can. Before we get into Dumbarton, John, draws just literally 20 minutes or so being made. Um, and of course, we've got Air United at home on the weekend of the 10th to the 11th of February. Before you go into whether that's a good draw or not, how good is Christian Daly looking? <laughs> The Lawrence Shanklin Derby that will be by the time you know you come to Ibrox. That'll be quite good. <laughs> Joking aside, um, home draw was really all you're looking for at this stage, isn't it? It depends. I mean, on my direct debit, not so much, Scott. I'm quite happy to get a few away draws as long as they're winnable. But I'm sorry, I'm thinking the direct debit will be out in the next hour um, if Rangers are keeping consistency. So, Reese, um, home tie, okay for you, buddy. Yeah, definitely. I've just looked it up there and it says um, Air United have not won the last five games, so should get us through to the, the next round and then you just take it for there and game by game. Sounds like come on now, game by game. I know, yeah, you've been listening to him clearly, which I like. You'll be able to bring some of that chatter tonight, I um, can't argue with that. Listen, one thing that I think is, um, is really important at this stage, if you've got, I don't want to say easier games, but games that you can manage properly. I've seen a a, um, a graphic, I think, earlier on yesterday that Clement's got something like the range of, is it 15 games in about 60 odd days or something like that that are just going to come and come and come, of course, starting Wednesday um, with the, with the trip to Easter Road when, when league action comes back to um, entertain us. John, I want to stay with you. I'll come with you first. Rather, Dumbarton yesterday, probably the big headlines from the team 
perspective, start for Robin McCrory. Ridvan is still included, despite no one knowing where he's going to be this time in a fortnight. Um, Raskin and Matondo all involved yesterday. I know, I feel sorry for Ridvan. Like we're hearing how homesick he is, and then we take him with the barn in that weather. You could have given the day off. Um, <laughs> Ridvan, I think it's just a case of see see for as long as we have him and we are going to pay his wages and we and if he wants out the door we want to get as much money for him as possible so you see the more he plays he's yeah. been performing perfectly well he's been one of our standouts at home games especially see as long as he keeps playing and keeps putting numbers in his valuation goes up instead of stagnating or dropping and making it look like we want rid of him i think it's a game of poker i think we keep it's kind of what verona were doing with josh doig yeah. you keep playing him you don't let anyone know that you're interested in letting him go Every time you get asked a question, you say, unless our valuation's met, he's not going anywhere. Until somebody meets what we want for Ridvan, which should be our money back plus a million as far as I'm concerned. I, I do think he I do think if he goes back to Turkey especially, he's a really good player. I think the only thing letting him down is that he's came to a country where physicality is this isn't a pure dinosauric type um, mention when you're saying he's small. He's not physically strong either, though. He's small and not... It's not like Andy Robertson, or Andy Robertson that's ludicrous you let go of a 5'9", Andy Robertson. Andy Robertson's physically in people's faces all the time. Yeah. I think Ludvan does get kind of bullied a little bit um, on the deck as well, so... It's just unlucky. It's a league that doesn't, doesn't massively suit him. Um, but he'll go for... I, I would honestly be wanting a million plus on what we got from him. What we paid for him, sorry. Reese, um, the... One thing that I think we, we do have... Um, and we've had it for a wee while now, is, is issues with wingers, which you know about. Matondo, of course, came in yesterday to start. Um, he's probably one that I think I think is the next six months gone, to be honest with you. I think he'll be one that will edge closer towards the exit door come the summer because we've just not seen it from him. Um, were you surprised to see him start yesterday to get some game time? Uh, not overly, to be honest, with the other options in the squad, but... Um, I, th I thought it was good. I wanted more rotation, to be honest with you. I was surprised we kept our starting eleven on for as long as we did as well. But as you say, with Matondo, I thought he'd done all right. I think as a team, we kind of struggled the last, well, the first sorry, 10 minutes to get into the game with the conditions and stuff. With a bit of a shocking start, but once the first goal went in, you just knew it was all flying in. And Matondo was good in spells, but he's had enough chances now, I think, Matondo, that you know that he's never going to be that starting winger in a league-winning Rangers team. And yeah. I totally agree with you. I think within six to 12 months, he probably will be moved on. Actually, if we had anybody else in the squad that could play that position, I reckon he might be somebody that we tried to get a fee for this window in order to fund other signings, because it seems to be what we're doing with Ridvan now. But with Tondo's there, and if you had anybody else backed up to him, then you probably would shift him as well. Absolutely. Listen, it was interesting going into the tie. Obviously, um, the weather was rotten. And I think for, for the best part of the day, I think a lot of people wouldn't be expecting the game to be called off as the as the day progressed. There was a wee spell where it was actually okay. Pitch looked all right. Perfectly playable. Um, game time comes and it looks pretty rotten, I have to say. Conditions were rotten. Um, fair play to the, the, the staff in and around Dumbarton to try and get, get that game on um, as a spectacle from a... From a chances perspective, from Rangers' early doors, we had a chance from Dessers, needless to say, has two great chances um, inside the first 12 min minutes, and Matondo has a sitter in the middle as well. Um, I do want to go to an instant in 24 minutes and nothing each. Robbie McCrory makes a really good save from, from Michael Ruth. If that goes in, conditions, etc., everything could just play against you, John. How important do you think 
getting some game time for McCrory right now is in these game competitions, in the, in the cup competitions rather. It's a, it's a weird one, right? Because you don't have the option. If a goalie gets injured, it's the next goalie. You can move your team around yeah. or you can adjust your formation to try and fit something else in and make something else work. If your keeper is injured, you have to go to the next keeper and see if that keeper doesn't play. It's a keeper that's coming out of the cold. And we've seen that, how how damaging that can actually be. Um, I think McCrory, I, I've said this a couple of times, I think McCrory is the perfect number two. I don't think he is actually, in hindsight, good enough to hold down that place. But he's probably a position that you can trust. Like He's played in big games, he's been lucky, he's been fortunate with the COVID year that he played a huge European game in a row for him, kept clean sheets in both, won both games, that's a good habit to get into. So as long as he can get in the team, because he'll play the United game as well, if the squad's all fresh. So I, it's a good habit to have somebody that you've lent on that's came in, won games. I know he didn't keep a clean sheet yesterday. Kept clean sheets, made saves. It does help, just in case. I don't I don't think they're betting wrong with Jack Button, fingers crossed, but it is our uh, sports science department that's looking after these players, so I don't count on anything. <laughs> Reese, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Of, of Robbie, Robbie McCrory, I have to say. I, I did think that he had um, he had a bit of an opportunity, I think, for this season. But I think when you come up and you see how well Butland's done, we, we've spoke regularly um, here in this Cybrox about how Jack Butland's sort of end of season reel is, is going to be something else when you look at some of the critical saves he's pulled off, big saves, big moments. And we've had that previously with goalkeepers, um, namely Alan McGregor. Um, were you... Quite glad to see Robbie get an opportunity tomorrow, just uh, yesterday rather, just refresh himself a little bit. Definitely. I think Robbie McCrory starts for 10 SPFL teams. I think he probably doesn't start for Celtic, doesn't start for us, but he probably is into just whatever other team in the league. Starting number one. Hearts, arguably, but definitely the rest of them. But I think it's great to see that he's getting his opportunity and it's getting to the point where I think all of are reluctantly going for the sake of his own career, he's probably going to need to move on at some point. And as much as he's a great goalkeeper, like McCrory's definitely good enough for the league. Po- probably to compete in Europe, although we've never seen him there. But Butland's a level above the league, so you take that option when you hear it. It's like he's a quality that we wouldn't have expected to have, whereas McCrory's good, but Butland's above par. So you play him and... He's just unfortunate that he's in the one position where you're very rarely going to have an, op- an opportunity to come in for him. Yeah. Cubby, um, watching on in YouTube tonight. Hi, Cubby, good evening. Um, I had Robin Ricori, man of the match for that save in the first half. It was a cracking save. And listen, at that point, um, really keeps us in it. CJM55 deals, uh, or agrees rather with you, Reese. Um, only ever really good enough to, to be back up, not to say you can't have a decent... Um, career elsewhere and and Paul who watches us regularly um, and I, I forgot about John McLaughlin um, I, I was, he could have been someone who came in involved yesterday as well which of course wasn't so um, yeah John McLaughlin goodness me the memories um, Rangers took the lead 1-0 35 minutes on the clock it's uh, Todd Campbell corner front post knock on from John Suter and big John Lundstrom who is in the form of his life there must be a contract up for grabs John um, he pops up at the back post and knocks it in. A couple of things. I think it's the first, it's one of the few headers I think I've seen him score. It's his first goal of the season. Um, is he worth a new contract for you? He's definitely hit that Peter Lovencrans moment. 
six month run down your contract and Peter Lovenkrantz turns into Maradona. Um, that's that's been a bit disheartening because I, I do think um, I think Lundstrom's actually been good um, since Kamots came in. He said he needed more instruction. I don't think we really know why he gets paid. I know we keep saying the same Taunton. We know, I've seen a few rumours about it being a signing-on fee that was split over weekly wages and stuff because that was what their preference was. I've seen loads of different scenarios and why he gets paid, what he gets paid. If it's John Lundstrom for 30 grand, no. No, I, I, I can't. I, there are better players available for less money that they would then allow you to go spend more wages on more critical positions. I think there's a lot of good footballers that can do what John Lundstrom does in our team. It's just yeah. within our squad, we don't have them or we don't have them available. There are players out there that you can get for less money that would have a longer career ahead of them at Rangers as well and potentially have a sell-on value and less wages that you could go because we need wingers and we need money to pay those wages for the types of wingers that we need to challenge and potentially Champions League next year. Reese, he is in good form just now, isn't he? Yeah, he's been excellent since Clement came in. I think he's, at the start, he was one of those players that you automatically noticed. He was a bit more upbeat. He looked more energetic. He was definitely more progressive with his passing. But that could be for a variety of factors. I think, as John says, it's definitely a case of opportunity cost. Like he's a good player. You would keep him there if you could. But it has to sort of be on our terms, and I think now he's getting to the point in his career. And I think he couldn't have put himself in a worse position, to be honest. If you think about when John said like a poker game, he, he came out in the press and he's like, oh, I love the club and I want to stay. Automatically, Rangers can be like, well, you want to stay, so you need to kind of come to our terms, sort of thing. Yeah. So I think he's he's definitely playing well. Um, I just love to see a near post lick on it, a corner. We've missed it <laughs> since Joe Aribo went. He, he, he used to do it all the time. Aribo was always first man at attacking corners and he was always the first man to clear a defending corner and Tessie is actually starting to make use of these things and you would usually think it would be a lower down team relying on set pieces to score a goal to be honest but take the goals where you get them. Do you know, it was interesting, it was clearly something that um, they had been working on. I think um, Lundstrom was interviewed by um, Viaplay post-match and I think they said that you know, what I mean, there was a request for him to try and get in the goal Sorry, scoring card a bit more than he, than he had been. Um, it was a good goal. Reese, I, I can't walk by this. Is, does your uncle Hamish listen often? <laughs> I don't know. I'll take that, Hamish, but I don't know about Uncle Hamish. Hamish Brown, cracking wee channel. Reese, in particular, a very grounded young man. Goodness me. You did judge a character. <laughs> you clearly don't know Hamish but we'll send the cash via PayPal or something like that I suggest um, Rangers took the their, their second goal in the afternoon evening rather came a little bit later um, James Tavernier needless to say with an assist and it was Cyril Dessas with a dink over the Dumbarton goalkeeper John um, Dessas had to score one of those chances in the first half didn't he? It's unbelievable mate it, it doesn't even it doesn't even start to touch the sides as to just how I mean, even that goal, that goal is poorly hit. It's a, it's a poor connection on a perfect cross. Um, but what, what were you looking at? Maybe seven shots in the first half. Yeah, something like that was. Yeah. I, I mean, that's that's mental to me. I seen a sting the other day as well. He scored scored five with his weak foot for us, and three with his strong foot, and he's hit plenty of shots. It, and I look at the ones he's scoring with his left foot, barring that lovely little dink against Copenhagen in the friendly. Yeah, Livingston scrappy goal. There's, there's been a few like that. I, I just, 
honestly, if we had a clinical striker in front of that goal, then I honestly think we'd be seeing us put six, seven, eight past teams in right. some games. And that's that's the only thing that's going to go against him. And Michael Michael Stewart said something at half time that was meant to be a compliment to his mentality, but <laughs> I think it's actually the problem with Dessa's mentality, as he doesn't seem to get bothered by missing chances. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I listened to Ian Wright, who continually says he hated missing chances, and Ian Wright was one of the best goal scorers. And Michael <laughs> Owen said the same thing: good goal scorers, Chris Boyd, hate missing chances in training. Dessa actually looks like the mentality of someone who doesn't get bogged down by missing chances, but doesn't yeah. put enough weight on himself to not miss the chances. Aye. It's quite fair. I, I'm trying to remember what the, um, the start was. i seen someone post a start to say that has he not scored? He's scored in every competition he's played in this season for Rangers. Is that right? It's something along those lines. Yep. Um, which is just... I, I loathe to criticise him. I know he's into double figures now, but... Um, yeah, ultimately we, we 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 need better. It's as simple as that. Rangers on tour gets on. I feel sorry for the guy whose house was behind the stadium. Dessers and Matondo put four in his guy. What a ball collection the boy must have to be fair. <laughs> See that the best part was he'd put two over the fence and then tried an overhead kick. And at that <laughs> point you're sitting going, This guy really does not care, does he? He's just happy to have a go. You know, you're absolutely right. Stevie Scotty nineteen is right, put it this way, a proper striker and the game's done after 15 minutes, which John completely ties in um, with, with what you're trying to say. So we're getting at half time and we're 2 nothing in, uh, 2 nothing up, looking quite good for it. Uh, come out the second half, the second half, I, the weather never helped the, the football generally in the second half, of course, it never. Um, Matondo had a, an effort where he travelled the length of the pitch um, in the, right at the beginning of the second half. And Reese on 78 minutes, we get our third goal of the afternoon via the penalty spot. Matondo is brought down soft for me. I don't know if you felt the same. Aye, I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't think it was a penalty. Yeah. I thought that if VAR probably looks at it, it's probably not a penalty. I don't think it's a dive. He's kicked his ankle, but at first, you're looking at it going, he's went down in stages, it's kind of staggered, and it's probably no. It's like that old Chris Boyd saying about soft and hard ones. Um, like it's probably it's a soft penalty, but I it probably is a penalty. But at first look, you're <laughs> going, nah, surely not. But I don't know. I'll take it. And you know, when Tav steps up, you just kind of expect that it's going to be a goal and set us on our way. You used to always hear this nonsense for fast footballers telling you that when they're moving at that speed, it only takes a little bit of contact to push you over, right? And I heard Terry Henry. Terry Henry's a footballer before you were born, Reese, um, back in the olden days. There's a, goal that, there's a goal that Terry Henry scored, and a lot of people remember this. There's a goal that Terry Henry scored in a game he scored four against Leeds. And he's running clean through and goal. He's running for the halfway line. And Gary Kelly, the Leeds right back, deliberately kicks his heel and clips both feet together. And Terry Henry still managed to fall over, dink the goalkeeper with his right foot and score. <laughs> Robbie Matondo is not moving at Terry Henry's pace. He's not touched anywhere near as much. And I'm just going, let's see if you're a player with confidence. Why are you even feeling that and going down? You're still in control at that shot and have a shot at the goalkeeper. Yeah. Players like that, I, I just feel like there's a, there, that's a mentality problem for me. See the stuff like that? When you're going down. When, who did we get rid of? Sadiq. Did it in a semi-final. You're like, what? what you, I, you might have maybe almost got touched. What are you doing in those scenarios where you're going... I'm good done. That was a, that was an open goal for Robbie, Robbie Matondo to try and get a second goal in two games and have a wee bit of confidence about him and flying. 
and they were discussing whether or not I was actually touched. <laughs> Didn't ask my question though. Did you think it was a penalty? Nope. <laughs> Listen, neither did I. I thought it was soft, and for what it's worth, I have. I have heard the argument that you refer to, John, when players are travelling at pace, um, there's a better chance than being knocked over, which I get, I kind of, um, but he could he could have got a shot away, he could have got a goal for the afternoon. I don't understand that. I don't understand why, um, why they don't, why they almost. I don't really say they don't want to score, but what an opportunity to, to sort of maybe top up your bank balance in the week for. A goal, a goal, um, a goal, sort of bonus or something like that. I don't know. I didn't think it was a penalty personally, but we take it nonetheless. Dumbarton do score um, in the afternoon yesterday. Um, we we give away a really silly, daft free kick. Um, good delivery for the Dumbarton right side. I, I think it might have been Orsi that delivered that. I'm not entirely sure. Um, and it's the ex Rangers kid Matthew Shields who who puts it away with a really good header. You have to say it's a fantastic header. The thing that maybe as glaringly disappointing about that is maybe the position of Borna Barisic who came on um, as a second half substitute. Dumbarton, I think, put out a real wire of their official account today and it was just basically the, the, the Dumbarton right winger, right midfielder, really running rings around Barisic. Barisic never got near him when he came on. So that's maybe the sort of blot on what was a relatively good afternoon race. Yeah, definitely. I think it was always going to be another set piece, wasn't it? Like, it would just seem to have this knack for conceding for set pieces, but good to see that we've actually started evening it up a bit with scoring one. But it was a good header for Shields, I thought, and um, it was it was funny to see him playing. So I looked at the boy after he scored, and I thought I've seen him before. How did I know him? And then realised he had been with Rangers before, and yeah. I suppose he'll have enjoyed that one either way, whether he was a Rangers fan or not, or he just wants a bit of revenge on the club, but. Um, Aye, it's probably poor, but to have Dumbarton releasing a reel of how bad your left back's been tells you you need a left back. And bad times, we, all, isn't it? we all know the situation with that. So we need to shift one to bring one in, and then do we bring him in alone? Ah, goes on forever. And John, without asking you to, to sort of cover the red van stuff that we spoke about at the start, um, if Red Van does go, we're obviously left with Borna for the rest of the season unless we bring in someone. I don't have a huge issue with Borna and I just didn't think he looked that clever yesterday. I don't know if he just didn't fancy it with the wet. I just don't think he looked up to it yesterday. I just don't know who comes on for the last 25 minutes of the game when he decides he can't be bored playing anymore. <laughs> That's my concern. That'll always be my concern and that'll always be the thing that I come back at. I, before I've called Borna Barris as a shite bag, but he is ne- I've never seen him have a full game where he doesn't hold his calf or hold his hamstring or go yeah. down on somebody to look at him. And that, and another thing, it just bothers me. It just, it just irks me and it irks everyone else because it looks like he's constantly trying to cop out of games. Doesn't it, I don't even think it's big games because he does it in every game I've ever seen him play. He yeah. goes down and he's to come off for something. That's my concern with Borna Barisic. Borna Barisic won a title with us. Borna Barisic was part of our team that got to a European final. Borna Barisic is a good left-back. I just don't think he's got it in him to be consistently a left-back number one every game between now and the end of the season. Yeah, 100%. Reese goal number four in the afternoon um, is, is something that's very familiar that we've seen from um, Scott right before. Uh, Ross McCausland plays him through a really nice through ball. And I think it was Kieran um, who jumped into the WhatsApp and, and said, this isn't Hamden. As Scott right 
blasted one <laughs> into the back of the net. It was, of course, very similar to the, the goal they scored um, against Hearts in the, in the Cup final at Hamden. Um, Scott Wright's second goal of the season and it put us through effectively. Good to see guys like Scott Wright getting some game time. And I think from Clement's perspective, considering the news that we'll cover later on with Seema coming back injured um, from AFCON, it probably gives these guys some game time, time in the legs, um, and maybe looking ahead to some opportunities that are going to come on with all these games that are just coming up. Definitely. I think I'm actually probably surprised, if not disappointed, that Scott Wright not had more opportunities this season especially with the lack of wingers we've got. And I think you see it in glimpses and we've seen it kind of pre-season where he would play centre mid and just go on these mazy runs and he's such a good ball progressor yeah. that I think he's got that ability to get you out of tight spaces, whether it's in the wing or in central. So I like Scott Wright personally and good to see him get a goal. But at that point, I would have quite liked it to be one of the, the B-team boys that gone. Yeah. I was surprised that Rice, Devine, King weren't all chucked on. I don't know if King was definitely on the bench, but there was three of them. Um, and just to get the two in, I think would have been better. But to see Scott Wright scoring will be good, especially with Seema injured. I have to say, some of the guys are quite on form tonight. Rangers on tour comment, they saw the poor surface and thought he was at Hamden. Um, and then Blue Noise John says that was Hamden's score, which is, which is absolutely fair enough. So, in the next round, as I say, great stuff. Really, really pleased with that. Home tie to look forward to weekend of the 10th, 11th of February. If you're just joining us and you don't know, we have been drawn against the mighty Air United um, that weekend, weekend of the 10th, 11th of February. Look forward to it. John, news broke this morning that we we've basically ag- were on the verge of agreeing things. I, I, I might even be further along than that, to be perfectly honest with you. Know. Um, Mohamed Diomandi from New Zealand, I think I've spelled that correct, Ivory Coast internationalist, I think under 23 level just now. Um, tell me everything you know about him. I know you're a big fan. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I think the reason I shared the the thread that I'd done before in New Zealand was, wasn't it about the fact that I'd identified the player Rangers were going? I did that <laughs> little bit because I was identifying players that I thought were going to go to the English Premier League in a couple of seasons via a PSV or Ajax because that seemed to be the right route that they were all taking. So when I seen that rumour this morning, I, until I seen the second source, which was a really reliable source in Denmark, I thought it was absolute nonsense because I have heard that Ajax and Feyenoord were both looking at him just now. Okay. So he, he was well outside what I thought we could have attracted. I think that should probably sum up where you're at. Um, Norgeland have had Mohamed Kudos and Damsgaard, who's now at Brentford, go through their similar recruitment process. They've got right to, uh, right to Dream, which is in Ghana, which is a, an academy that tries to identify the best African talent, to put them in that academy, to get them to a level of 18, 17, 18 years old, that they can then move them to Denmark and take the best ones. That's what they do with that academy. He's one of many that are in that team just now that were identified and are through that. Adam Nagalo from Burkina Faso has been linked to it by a Leverkusen just now. Um, Osman's a young boy just now. Norseland are, are a very good place to be shopping, especially if somebody's in the last year of their contract which this guy is, and that's why it's given us the time to go in and get at good value. Um, very tidy left foot midfielder. Reese again, sorry mate, I'm going to exclude you here. Reminds me of Solomon Tari for Portsmouth many years ago. Um, what player he was? Before, before he was even thought of as a human. Um, but a very tidy left foot, good at driving forward with the ball. I think I've seen a lot of people, and I don't disagree, 
saying it almost kind of looks like a a Kamara a real hybrid hydro hybrid of football. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. They do kind of look very similar. He's way more aggressive than Kamara in a tackle. Um, that aggression goes both ways. Gets a lot of yellow cards in big games. So, if you're a gambling person, next old for him, Diamondi, yellow card. Um, the game will be won by then, so don't worry about betting against Rangers players to get booked. Um, really likes to get into the box. I think I said that in one of my threads. Something we have not had, in my opinion, since Arfield left. An actual midfielder that will go beyond a striker when we're deep. He'll yep. attack the box continually. He's good in the air. He scores. seems to score a lot of headers, which I was surprised at looking at the video of him. Um, really strong left foot. Really creative coming in off that right side. You could play him anywhere, to be honest. See if you were with Tavani on that side, you could probably play him in that same role Aribo used to accommodate for us. If you had Raskin, Lundstrom and Campbell already there, you could maybe do that. And that, if he's fit just now, because I know there was an injury before. But this is, this is a boy. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we do like to... If Lawrence Shanklin's not the answer because he's 28 years old, we want a player we can sell for more money. Dear Monday's the player that fits what we would want our model to be, the Calvin Bassey model. You get players in for under 3 million who potentially could go for 15 million plus. That should be the model. This is one of these players if they avoid injury, which is ironic as a Rangers fan even saying that out loud. <laughs> if you can avoid injury and have a successful team that play in Europe and he tests himself, because one of the things I have noticed quite strongly and that's one something I always try and put in context every level up they've went when they've started challenging the title and got to the championship playoff points in the Danish league he's performed well against Copenhagen Midtjylland when they've went into Europe this year he's performed well against the uh, Partizan Belgrade Stoya Bucharest and Fenerbahce he's raised his game every time he's been asked to which I think is a good thing to come into a club of Rangers because you are going to hit those big games and we need you to be a big game player we can't have any passengers. He's someone that also, I think, if you've been plucked from Ivory Coast into an academy and moved away from your family to Denmark at 17 and succeeded pretty instantly in that, he's probably yeah. a type of player that can move country and not have the types of situation we've had with Ridvan, where they're homesick, missing family. It, you would suggest that this is somebody that we've looked at mentality as well, type of person he is. He could probably come to Scotland and be fine because he's lived in Denmark for that time. I think it almost feels like it's too perfect. I'm very surprised that we've been able to get him. I know it's not finalised yet, but I, I suspected that he would have moved to a bigger team than us, with all due respect. John, I'm going to stay with you because you. one of the things you led with there was um, we obviously know that maybe Feyenoord and Ajax have been have been interested in him previously. What do you think, what do you think possibly changes for a guy to maybe look at Feyenoord and maybe interest from, from the top's league top leagues in Holland and and Rangers suddenly trot by. Are we looking at potentially this new, the effect of, of Nils Coppin and Clement being in charge over here and maybe trying to turn things over a little bit? Why why all of a sudden is, is Rangers maybe an option for them that you can really sensibly think about? I think it's putting that same thing in front of people that we put in front of Raskin, that we put in front of Cantwell, because yeah. they're all players. These are, those are still players. Even though Cantwell is an older player, and has been at a higher level already. Campbell's still looking to realistically use Rangers to prepare himself back to the English Premier League. That should, I mean, I'd be surprised if that isn't his goal, put it that way. And Raskin, the same. There's a couple of players that have joined Celtic, I've said the exact same. We're okay with that. We're quite accepting that to do, to do that and be successful, you have to come to Rangers and be successful, by the way. So yeah, everyone, everyone wins. I think there's an element of that with Diamondi. You go, our team is ageing. You're a young midfielder that we've identified as being really important. 
chances are he's, he can't don't promise anyone game time but chances are you've said there is a real opportunity for you to come here and follow a Calvin Bassey follow a Joe Aribo follow we can we can judge however we want how the Glen Kamara thing ended Glen Kamara's went to a lead side who are very are performing very well yeah so you can even tout Glen Kamara as being another part of your transfer model of bringing people in getting them to teams that are going to end up in the Premier League that's what you do you, you pro- push these players and promise to these players that okay you might go to Ajax you might make the same thing Kudos does but if you come to Rangers there's the same opportunity that's what we should be doing with this constantly and also I guess with Brexit and any work permit issues with South American or African players that we now know that Scotland seems to have a different work permit rule that can get you into the Premier League easier than England automatically can so there might be some other clever ways of working this um but either way i'm very excited i think this is a really some of my eyes to get like a really good football joining rangers and i think joining that with fabio silva i think so far so good it's just i think it's just the timing that's bothering us a little bit yeah yeah 100 percent. reese i when i saw the um when i saw the story this morning and um, and i i think this when i see players generally linked with moves to britain that are playing in scandinavia i often think of yourself because i know that it's it's a, a sort of an area that you follow from a footballing perspective i'm certainly sure and um, you must have been quite pleased to see us linked with with this chat this morning were you not yeah definitely i've said for a while i love the danish Superliga. i think there's a reason that so many premier league teams have got feeder clubs there could be work permit reasons but they've bred talent out there for years You've got Brighton, I'm sure Brentford, they've got one. There was talk of Chelsea getting one. There's definitely a few out there, at least anyway. Um, and it's good to see that we've competed against these teams in Europe. So he's not a bad team. He's playing at a team that are usually quite high in their league. So he's used to winning football rather than being maybe a Cifuentes playing at LA, yeah. who I they started winning last year, but America is quite passive. So he's good. it's good that he's getting integrated into European football and it looks a quality sign for me. Um, off the face of it anyway, he's definitely better than what we've got. I don't know the fee or anything. I can't quite remember the fee or the situation with it, but what would worry me, and I don't know, John, if you've got any clarification on this, but he's barely been in the squad since the 22nd of October. He seemed to be playing dead consistent and then he was on the bench, played 70 minutes, not in the squad twice, 60 minutes, not in the squad. Played 110 minutes in like their championship round, first game, and then not in the squad for the rest of it till the end of the season. So I just wonder, there's something about it that makes you go, why are they letting go of such a good player? But definitely a market that I'd like to see shop on more. I think there's definitely players in there. I've talked to a few in the chat, like Alexander Lind, that I'd like to see us go for. Um, I wanted Anton Gay for Rangers and I said he would be my Tav replacement. He's subsequently went to Ajax, so John's definitely on the right track with that common move. So I think it's definitely a market that's got talent in it. It's cheap talent that we could probably get from there, bring them in and develop them, just get them closer to England, basically, as John was saying. And I, I'm looking forward to it. Do you know, I think he, he, there's something about, and I'm going to come back to something that John said shortly, um, when we discussed about how far we are into January and everyone's bottoms making buttons a little bit because we've not done anything, myself included, I have to say. Um, there's something a little bit exciting about going to a, a league in Scandinavia in this case and 
picking a player that's clearly quite highly rated, John, and and bringing him over, I sort of about your knowledge if he has been sort of tracked by um, clubs across Europe with a view of maybe going there before going to where the, the sort of landy milk and honey is down south. I think it's a signing that we can afford to to be to be really excited about. What does it mean for maybe guys in existing positions at the club? We've we've mentioned Sifuentes. You look at. Kieran Dowell, who I think has been mentioned in, in the comments there. Ryan Jack, of course, can speak to anyone now if he wants to. Same with Lundstrom. The only one that really is in that position of centre-mid who you know is going to be there for the foreseeable is Nico Raskin. Yeah, and I, I actually think that's... We, we don't really know. I, I think Ryan Jack's time at Rangers is up, unfortunately, because I, I really like Ryan Jack, but... Yeah. You cannot give somebody a contract and pay as you play, nobody's going to accept. He'll find a contract to somebody who'll give him a two-year deal or, a, or at least a year deal. Um, Ryan Jack can stay at Rangers. The, the only way Ryan Jack could possibly stay at Rangers is if he's available for every squad between now and the end of the season and he's yeah. not signed a contract with someone else. Lundstrom, I think, will be wage-dependent. Like I said, I would rather split that money over two or three average, two, two or three average squad players or one marquee player that I think can do more than Lundstrom can. You've got Campbell there already who can play deeper, but we don't really want him to. I think that's where Diamondi probably comes in to fill maybe the uncertainty around Tom Lawrence and how available he's ever going to be as a Rangers player, because we can say he's back now, but until Tom Lawrence is in, like, similar to Jack, in 10 squads, I don't know what I'm going to see from him. So Diamondi could be the Diamondi Raskin Campbell. In games where we're going to dominate most of the football and keep the ball ticking over, we don't really need a, a workhorse like a Lundstrom in there. I think you could do Diamondi, Raskin, Campbell in home games especially. Because I think Raskin's got, although he likes to get forward, he's got plenty of defensive capabilities in there as well. Um, yeah. And I know he does like to tuck that other fullback in when the other one goes. So the comfort's there. I think it would be looking to, if we can't get something sorted for Lundstrom, if we decide that Jack and Lawrence, we need to get rid of Lawrence, can't keep Jack, it probably covers our bases going forward and says we've got a good young midfielder who we expect to have for a year and a half, two years that we could then sell on as well. And that could be the, I mean, my God, see if you could get those three playing together regularly. The, the biggest problem I think you could have is you could have all three of them being sold at some point for good money. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And that would mean we've done our job. <laughs> so I'd be quite happy. Yeah. That's it. Bisgrove will be happy, won't he, as you say. Um, listen, Paul McGarrigal sort of jumps in, and I, I think you answered this question there. Does John think that Diamondi and Raskin would be a good midfield as a two? I think I'm hearing you say that would be something to look forward to and be quite excited about. I think Raskin, I, I would have Raskin sitting more like two eights. We can't move on Diamondi in front of him. Well, we can but hope. It's an exciting one to be, to be linked with. Um, Reese. obviously, you mentioned Lind, so we, it's obviously a deal, uh, an area that you hope we maybe go back to geographically and, and, and maybe study that area a bit better. Um, I just wonder if you think maybe the addition of Coppin is going to maybe assist with that sort of for the remaining, I don't know, 10 days of this January window? I hope so. Um, I was lucky enough to bump into him the day, funnily enough. Um, but... <laughs> Um, I think that it will be interesting to see how it goes. It, it probably speaks to what John said that Final were interested in him, seeing as he was Final's head of global scouting or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, that it probably is true that they were interested in him. And Final, they're a team that if we came up against in Europe, you would probably expect us to get beaten now. On a, in all truth, not yeah. if we had a good Rangers side, you think beat them and have beaten them, but they're a good side. and if they're looking for him to come in and add quality to their squad, then it can only be good for us. And 
I hope it is somewhere that he, he tends to look at because I think there's there's diamonds in the rough there. I think that another bonus it is, and it's why I quite like players from Norway as well, that the weather conditions out there. See, like, if you've got guys that are just about playing in freezing conditions out there, you bring them to the likes of Dumbarton yesterday, I maybe the winds are a bit exceptional, but you bring them to Scotland December, January normally, and they're not really that flustered. Whereas you look at guys like Cifuentes, who's come from Ecuador to LA to Glasgow, that's an adaption, whether we like it or no. He yeah. said as much in interviews that they were like, oh, how are you finding Glasgow? And his one-word answer was cold. And you thought, <laughs> right, so... You automatically tense up when you're playing. It's harder to be fluid in your movement. It's you go rigid. It's I think these guys playing in Scandinavia aren't going to need that adaptation. They're yeah. used to weather like that. It's just an underrated thing I like, and they're good enough players added into the bargain. So to be able to pick up we cheap deals here and there, especially in the teams that aren't already linked to Premier League teams, I think. It's a no-brainer for me, especially for the better than you've got at the minute, which Diamondi definitely is. Do you know, it's interesting that you talk about um, Cifuentes. I can't remember what game it was, um, but it was a midweek game and it, it was freezing. And I remember looking at him running around and he looked he looked thoroughly miserable and then you remember where he came from. And um, you kind of think, wow, I can understand why you're maybe less than amused having to run about wondering where your gloves are, just understanding exactly how cold it is in, in deepest, darkest govern. So, um, the one that amazes me, though, was Morelos. He came yeah. from Colombia to Finland to Glasgow. I was like, that, that's an adaptation, isn't it? Colombia to Finland. It's the making of a man, isn't it? Goodness me, Alfredo. Um, no wonder he was raging. <laughs> Reese, I'm going to stick with you. Obviously, news came out yesterday, just before, I think it might... Was it before the game, during the game? I'm not entirely sure. Um, but it became apparent that Senegal had sent Abdallah Seema um, away from AFCON um, with an injury. I believe that, I don't have the quote in front of me, but I referred to him being unavailable for a, almost a significant period of time. Bit of a blow that because his form um, prior to going to AFCON was really good and everyone at that point continues to, or begins rather, to, to speak about permanent deals at six plus million. Um, I think that's a different debate maybe for another podcast but it's a blow if he's going to come back injured and be missing for a period of time now isn't it? Definitely I think Seema has been our outball this season if you need to go long he's the one you hit yeah. if you're putting a cross in you're the one that he's hoping's in the box he's, if you're stuck in a tight situation you're the one he's hoping's get the ball he seems to kind of do a wee bit of everything for us and to be missing that without probably a replacement anywhere near as good is quite a worrying thing although it's interesting to know that Fabio Silva likes playing off there and he thinks it's actually one of his more favoured positions rather than up front so it'll be interesting to see if he gets a shot there but uh, it's, it's never nice to see a player get injured especially one of your better players and I, personally during the game I was kind of hoping that it was um, getting sat on the bench here I was just to say I'm injured and Go back over, so they'll still, they'll still part of me hoping that's true. So he's maybe just coming back. Man, I'm sitting in the bench here, not doing it. No, I don't fancy this. See you later on, John. One of the things that um, the boss said post match yesterday um, was he was referring to um, my medical staff will assess um, Abdallah Seema when he gets back. I think there's been some 
sort of misleading stories. Some saying he's out for longer than what he is. I see someone in the chat, I think it's Kenneth Elliott. Hi, Kenneth, watching us on YouTube out for six weeks. Maybe about that, depending on the severity of the injury. I come back to what I say, John. Um, it's a big blow with so many big games to come and the reintroduction of the Europa League six or so weeks away. Yeah, I mean, see Rishi's point. See if I hadn't seen Umar Sadiq be sent back for a long-term injury from his squad and then play for Sociedad in their first available game. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought anything of it, but there has been a little pattern of a lot of these squad players at AFCON disappearing from their squads and appearing. Yeah. Oh, weekend. here we go. Coming back. <laughs> and appearing, and I, I mean, they've all appeared in the lineups this week. There's been four of them. Um, yeah. Umar Sadiq was the most famous one because he arrived back in Spain and played the Copa del Rey midweek after being told he couldn't. He wasn't fit enough to play at the AFCON tournament. So... That doesn't mean there's anything to do with that with Seema, but it has happened to four players now, and one very notable one. Seema being out would be huge for us. I, I just don't see... I, I, I like Silva. I like what I've seen of him. I know he's not up to match sharpness, so the fact that I like what I see is probably a good sign because we've seen what we thought of Seema early on. Yeah. I do, do not believe Silva can do what Seema has done for us. Believe without Seema in the team, we, as we says, we don't have the out ball, which means you start to look at how that old firm looked, hitting balls up to Dessers and McCausland when Seema wasn't quite on it, and it was just coming back, and it started to make us look a bit like a long ball team, which we looked against Copenhagen a little bit without Seema there in that friendly. That's my only concern, as if, you, if you're going to want to play that ball, when you're playing it to Seema, it looks like a plan. When you don't have Seema, it just looks like you're just a direct football team which I don't really get. So I think there's a lot riding on how bad Seema's injury is. I really hope it's nothing. I really hope it's a couple of weeks and he's back and it's been yeah. over-egged. Because a couple of weeks would be enough for him to be out at the AFCON. Aye. So if they have said, realistically, you might only be back training in a week and a half, two weeks' time, you're not going to be playing for us in the AFCON with only semi-finals and finals left before they are. Away you go home. That, that's that's kind of what it feels like. So fingers crossed it's nothing severe, but I, I just don't see how we... Oh God, I don't see how we make up for Seema not being available. Do you know, it's interesting because when players obviously miss out, um, it often, um, or it does, inevitably open the door for someone else to come in. We spoke about Matondo earlier on. Kyle Waddle, watcher on YouTube, um, suggests if Seema is out, um, it'll give Matondo to get an, an opportunity to get a run at games. Last night, McCausland went and played some time on the left-hand side. Clement clearly looking to see if he can do anything over there which I think is quite helpful. It's great to know that we've got that depth. I just, he's been so important for us, Reese, to to be without him for a period of time now um, would be a bit of a blow. And I think it also makes the conversation that we'll move into next, which I'll lead with you, what still needs to happen between now and the end of January for this transfer window to be a success? A striker? A hundred percent, a yep. striker. Um, assuming that that probably needs somebody moved on, presuming Redvan, and you need a replacement for Redvan if he goes, because you're not going, as John said earlier, with Borna Barisic every game for 90 minutes during the end of the season. And I don't, I personally don't trust Adam Devine at left-back. Um, I don't trust, sounds a bit weird there, but I don't rate him as highly as I do at right-back at left-back. Right. But uh, I 
Potentially a replacement left back, definitely a striker, possibly a winger that can play on either side or one or the other. If McCausland can play in the left, then fair enough. But you really need to start at that point getting into Philippe Clement sees these guys day in, day out. Does he think McCausland can play in the left? 100%. If not, then it's a left winger you get. But if he thinks McCausland's good enough in the left, then you get a right. So it's just got to be where do we need? If you look at guys like Jack, how much do you trust him to be available? Is he going to be available? How much do you rate Sifuentes? Do you think he's going to come back and turn into be a player? Because otherwise, you possibly get shifting before the MLS season starts. Yeah. And we'll just wait and see. But the striker's definitely the most pressing one. As somebody said in the chat earlier, and I think we've kind of got to in this conversation, that a good striker puts that game away within the first 20 minutes. So yeah. it's just a case of a striker and probably a replacement left back for me. John, same question to you, and the answer can't be Lauren Shankland. <laughs> oh. I'm hoping it's somebody that I've not even seen identified. That's Lind would be good. I do. I'm kind of on that train a little bit now um, for value. I believe he's probably somebody that can fit the bill. He he will fit the bill better than Dessers. Yeah. I've got as much as a as much as I can relate to Danilo's work ethic and just pestering of defenders and getting in those positions. He's just another one that does not convince me in front of goal. So we've signed two strikers that do not can do not convince me in front of goal, and it's the it's the last bit this teams don't seem to be able to do clinically. Yeah, Lind would do it better than those two. But you know where my, you know where my eggs are laid. They're very much in the the Shanklin train. I don't think there's anyone else available that knows the league that scores the goals that gets the goals. Um, I just hope he gets over his bug very soon. <laughs> yeah, well said. Listen, it's interesting though. We spoke. We we began and um, with Red Van. We spoke about Red Van. Where he was potentially going to go. If he does go, and I think Paul McGarrigal and um, we watched this regularly referred to the chap Smile, and um, who's been linked with us and um, Fred Van does go there's always like gap at left back how I find it really frustrating that the left back chat has went on to the 21st of January now it's been really quiet just now I don't know if that means that everyone sorted out their left backs and the wee fella isn't needed anywhere anymore or we're going to see that maybe change as the week passes John is there any left backs that jump into your mind that could come in Six month loan. We now know that it can't, of course, be Owen Beck because he came off for, off the bench for Liverpool today, so he's bust. There's no one that I think jumps out as a an emergency cover left back because I think Barisic is going to be the boy. No, that that's that is a concern for me. Um, I don't know who who you go and jump to now. Uh, Josh Doig was never realistic. We we inquired and found out the valuation that was off the yeah. table right away, um, so we knew that pretty early on. Owen Beck, I thought, was somebody... I mean, all the rumours seem to suggest we did ask the minute he got sent back. Was there an opportunity to do something? I know we were linked with Juracek. I think we're getting dangerously close to being kind of stuck. And yeah. that's what would concern me. By all means, they might have somebody up, up their sleeve. When I was watching a lot of Norgeland's clips earlier on to get the footage, their left-back's really tidy. He's not young, though. He's 26. Aye. Um, so 
that would be a stopgap. I don't think they would sell their life back because the valuation for what they've got to keep them for the season probably doesn't make any sense to them. But there's no no left backs maybe other than small. I, I'm I, I get concerned that it would be it's, it's almost hard to say no if somebody came and offered four and a half five million for Ridvan to get that money in and just gamble with Barisic because I think your fallback's actually Sterling moving out to there and just I, accepting yeah. that you've got a right footed some I mean Peter Ferry came on against Hearts and was 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 fine in there, but just something about the way the way Clement plays, especially you're kind of stopping somebody going round the winger and getting crosses in because he's going to have to come back nine times out of ten. But I think that might end up be where we go. He might look at it and go, if we had a defensive Dijon Sterling in there, we would maybe just need to rely on Tav pushing further forward more. As long as we've got the right attackers, we might get away with it. Yeah, I, I'm struggling to see where the left back problem gets solved and I imagine that's where most of the time's getting spent just now to be honest which is concerning because I know a lot of us have said that in the chat is we need a centre forward the yeah. left back we can deal with we need a centre forward but I think there will be a lot of panic around what does happen because I reckon if Borna was to sign a pre-contract with somebody that hamstring would look very very tight very quickly <laughs> and, and that's that's precisely the, the, the point I'm, I'm sort of trying to make you Fred Van disappears Borma signs up to go home. Um, it's a it's a real it's a real quandary. I think Clement could find himself in, as I say, with ten days to go. Reese, we've only got maybe five minutes left to go. Um, if we if we end this transfer window, and I know there's games to come, there's bits and pieces to come, but we are going to go into Hibs without bringing a striker. I would suggest by the looks of things, if we do end. Um, January transfer window, bringing in Silva and potentially Diomonde. Um, we're happy with that or are we really quite disappointed? Considering we know what we're going for now, we know that there's a league to be won, we know that we're right in there, we know that there's an opportunity for us. I think you're really disappointed if he doesn't get the opportunity to, to enhance things a bit better. Absolutely, you would be fuming if that's how you end the window. To like put it in, absolutely no doubt, it would be a failing of a manager, I would go as far to say. I think yeah. that you're setting the guy up to fail, especially when the league's there to be won. The gap's not massive, it's by far and away not a foregone conclusion. So, to be almost surrendering it at this point, it would be an absolute failing of a manager. And it would probably throw back in the face of Philippe Kilmont knocking back other clubs' offers to come to Rangers. Yeah. I would yeah. go as far as saying that. And... It's just something you really hope doesn't happen. And because I think it will cause probably anger between the fans and the board more than anything else. So that's obviously a situation you never want to happen. And all the work that they've done since the change at boardroom level so far will very quickly mean nothing. Like fan engagement, having CEO meetings and moving fans, stands and stuff to accommodate them means absolutely nothing if there's not a winning Rangers team in the park. So I think that's what it comes down to. But so you forgot to mention our uh, our wee bet for the end of the season between oh, the two possible remaining strikers. So me and Scott have wagered whichever one of his loses will make a donation to the cha- a charity of the other's choice. Yeah. Scott reckons Dessels outscores Sima by the end of the season. No, uh, Silva. Scott Silver. reckons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Close call there. 
Scott reckons Dessels outscores Fabio Silva by the end of the season. And I said, all right, I'll back Fabio Silva. He outscored Dessels. And the loser has to donate to a charity of the other's choice. Look at John Walker, TikTok, and it, trying to work out if that's actually cute or not. From now, is it like the Dessels goals to date count? From from now, so from when Silva arrived, so Dessels is already winning. Right. Okay. Okay. What do you think? I mean, I hope Dessels has scored as many goals as he's going to because he's not going to play. Let's <laughs> that, start there. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm just no convinced Silva's. I don't think I've seen Silva play regular enough for anyone to judge if he is actually somebody that can score goals. Because in the youth leagues, when he was playing off the left and centrally, he did score a lot of goals in his age groups continually. Um, Running out of games, man. I got laughed off for saying I thought Shankland would score 15 goals to Rangers if he came. You're talking those kind of numbers. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I can see Silva being stuck off the left a little bit, actually, because of the Seema situation. It'll all depend. I, I just can't, I just don't see Silva as an out-and-out goal scorer. I really think there's a good chance Reese is going to have to put his hand in his pocket, which I am very, very delighted about. And a charity of my choice will be absolutely delighted with the cash race. I will make sure that happens. And you're a man of your will, as your uncle Hamish said earlier on in the chat. Everything will be okay. Um, listen, John, I'll come back to you. It's been really good having you on, buddy. I appreciate your insight as pair. Thank you. No, thanks very much. Really enjoyable. And Reese, always good to have you on again, my friend. Well done. Good to see you. Cheers, mate. Thanks so much. Enjoyed it. So don't forget, if you are following us across social media, particularly on YouTube, follow us, like us, subscribe us, hit the notification bell, and you will get a wee note each time we publish anything, and it will be absolutely worth tuning in for, I'm sure of that. Don't forget, if you're looking at us, of course, anywhere you get your podcast from an audio perspective, we're on there now with some additional shows. We've got the goal of the month and the player of the month for... January, maybe end of December, can't honestly remember, but it's on there, jump on, have a look, leave your comments, always good to hear from you guys. The guys are back post-match on Wednesday after Hibs, hopefully we have lots of things to be excited about and our three points in the bag. Thanks for watching, goodbye for now, bye-bye. Podcast Network.